0: Ladies up in here tonight. No fighting. We got the refugees here. No fighting. Here. No fighting. Shakira, Shakira. I never really knew that she could dance like this. Hey. She make a man wanna speak Spanish. Hey. Como se llama, hey. bonita, Because hey. Shakira, Shakira. Oh baby, when you talk like that, you make a woman go mad. Hey. So be
1: wise. Hey.
0: Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. A lot to get to, not what we wanted to get to. We are really hoping this would be a Giants sign Kenny Galladay episode, but instead it's going to be the Giants sign uh, Kyle Rudolph, uh, FAA, uh Odin, Odin Egbo, Mike Lennon, and Reggie Raglin, uh episode. Justin, how are you?
1: Biggest piece of news? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you right now. Biggest piece of news, especially in Bobby Skinner's life. Good chance that NFL football will no longer be on DirecTV. Can we have a round of applause? Is that true? Yeah, the whole uh, ESPN Plus is going to be taking over for Sunday Ticket. Now, is that, like, officially announced? It is announced that ESPN Plus is, like, taking over something, but is it taking over NFL Sunday Ticket? I don't exactly know. Um, And so much for... You know, the NFL's in trouble cap-wise. I'm pretty sure this new TV contract is like double what it what it was before. So, there you go. Cool stuff. Cool we stuff. can spend. All right, so we're going to get into all this stuff
0: first. The episode was brought to you by five special people. We got Sean Charles. Sean Charles, that's like just, like, that's a like, you know, an average name, but a really solid name, Sean Charles.
1: No relation to James Charles.
0: Um. Okay, you know what? I felt racist today. You want to know why? Cause there's a name that is Harry Nair, and then I was like, this isn't his real name. And then I was like, you know what? It's, it's a name of of a region. Like I I don't know what this guy's nationality is. I just I just assumed that it was a made up name. I fe- I felt like racist when I was writing this guy's envelope. Harry Nair. Um, then we got Andy Hadaz. Last name finishes with a an S and a Z, which is always throws you for a loop. Ryan Machizek. Um, I'm pretty sure I got mm. that. Ryan Machine Gun. And then Brian Kane. more Kane. Uh Justin, who are these people?
1: These wonderful people, they went to patreon.com slash talking Giants. Um, guess what? Kenny Galladay signed with the Giants today. I'm saying it. I'm saying it. I'm like 70% certain. And the reason why I'm 70, no, you want to know what? I'm 74% certain because Jordan Ronan is 70% certain. So I'm 74% certain. So you're going to want to hang out with us on a Friday night when we're talking Kenny Galladay being a New York football giant. So patreon.com slash talking giants, two dollars a month. Hang out with us and watch us during the live streams. Bobby gives you magnets. Um Bobby may even personally deliver you the magnets and and stickers and just put them straight on your forehead. Free T
0: shirt raffle on on Saturday too for Ooh. the uh, you know we do those at once every two weeks. So Ooh. and I just whenever I get paid, we do a shirt raffle. So Ooh, that'll be we, uh doing that on Saturday. We
1: gonna get a Kenny Galladay shirt?
0: I need to talk to you about that after the show because I was going to... You know what? That's personal. We'll talk about it after the show. It's personal. All right. Kenny Galladay, obviously, meeting with the Giants as you're probably listening to this episode. I don't want to spend too much time on this because we're going to... Like I said, we're going to know what's going to happen soon, and we have a lot of actual New York Giants at the time to talk about. I'll just say... I am going to be really disappointed if we don't get him. And you know us. We're not the kind of people like every year is like, go get the best free agents. God, you got to get the best free agents no matter what. Like we understand that, you know, free agency isn't fantasy land. But with all that has went down and went through, I will now be extremely disappointed. If Kenny Galladay signed on Monday at 9 o'clock with, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals and be like, oh man, I, I wanted him, but we get it. Now I would be full-blown just, like, depressed if we don't get Kenny Galladay.
1: Well, you know, we, we approached this free agency saying that, oh, Giants are going to make the smart and savvy move. Basically, kind of like what they're doing right now. You know, you would maybe think that they would have made a little bit more of a splash move, like a mid-tier guy, like uh, Aguilar, like a Cordy Davis, like a Curtis Samuel, something like that. But what they're doing right now is the smart and savvy moves, especially extending Leonard Williams was big. So we're like okay this free agency it's going kind of according to plan and we're going to build through the draft right but now since Kenny Galladay has been waved in our face for days for days and there has been signs continually even going back to the trade deadline and you know, when the giants were 1 and 7 Dave Guttelman actually picked up the phone to to see what they were off what they were what they could possibly get for Kenny Galladay, which is wild um But I compare it to almost being like a kid at a candy store or a kid at a toy store, right? Where our parents are just waving this right in front of our face. You want this? I'm going to get this for you. I'm going to get it for you. You just wait like 10 more minutes. You just wait 20 more minutes. You just wait five more minutes. I'm going to get it for you. And then if it does happen, worst case scenario, right? It's like, no, we're freaking leaving. Get in the car. And it will be harsh and, and we will... That would be terrible. Like, our hearts would be broken. Deep
0: thoughts with Jack Handy. It's like kids love jokes. It's like one time I took my nephew. I told him we were going to Disneyland, and I took him to a burnt-down warehouse. He said, oh, no, Disneyland burnt down. And he's like, and he cried and cried. And then it was getting late, so we went home. That's what it would be like for Giants fans. Yeah. It's like we, were, we're, we basically have been told we're getting Kenny Galladay without being told we're getting Kenny Galladay. And if we don't at this point, it's going to be like Disneyland, like going trying, expecting to go to Disneyland and Disneyland being a burnt down warehouse.
1: Can I say something though? Say something. This I is a do, podcast, so yeah, yeah. I'm the, the, I'm I am I am snippy and snappy today. I am. We're we're both tired. I don't know. I mean, I, I think you can tell kind of like in our tone of voices that we're we're kind of tired. Um, you know, I, I do two jobs. Bobby has been grinding like crazy, especially on the YouTube. Go Dude, check I out don't those you grinding. Go check out those free agency breakdowns. Um, so you could probably tell in our tone of voice that we're kind of that we're kind of tired. We always try to record late at night, so if any news breaks, we just don't miss it. Um, what am I trying to say? This week has probably been very, very well. Not probably. It ha- it has been kind of very, very fun because everybody is waiting. For this one thing to happen together versus, like, let's say if it just happens day one and then the Giants make these like smart and savvy moves afterwards, there's not as much hype because it's, oh, Kenny Galladay was the one moment. No, but the fact that we signed John Ross and the fact that we signed uh, Obi Wan, Kenobi, Akuna Matata, um, the, the defense alignment from Minnesota. And you know we signed this. Uh, we signed Reggie Ragland from Detroit. It's like, oh look, this smart and savvy move. But Kenny doll, Kenny Galladay is coming. Kenny Galladay is coming. So it's just this built up excitement, which I really hope it ends in Kenny Galladay. But it's made every single other little part of this journey more enjoyable until the end of the big journey is decided.
0: It's the opposite of Tuesday, where Tuesday we're waiting to figure out like the resolution to the Leonard Williams, and then the Giants sign a fullback, and it's like. You scumbag New York Giants! You guys signed a fullback for the minimum to battle, and, yeah. like used like people are making a big deal out of nothing. Where now it's like the Giants could like like so, like extend Nate Solder for five more years for fifty million a year, and everyone would be like, okay, but wouldn't resigning Kenny Gall have the exact opposite right.
1: effect? Um, and good for them, good for the Giants, by the way, because we were critiquing them, and that still it still is kind of like a valid critique of, you know, oh, you know, we're, you're kind of overpaying Austin Johnson a little bit. Um, you're definitely overpaying Devontae Booker. So good for them that they have had a couple signings and now it's been, you know, Wednesday and Thursday. It's been two days of of signings where we're looking at this. We're like, yeah, this is good value with with Ross and all the other moves that they've made since then, and including today. Um, and and we're gonna we're gonna break it all down, Bobby Skinner. But hoping that we record an episode Friday night talking about Kenny Galde. And that'll will this be like our first I kind of weekend. hope it last
0: till Sunday, so we could just do a Monday
1: episode. I I I agree, um, but that's not going to happen. We get more nervous. I think we get a little bit more nervous, nervous time if that happens. But would th- would this be like the first Talking Giants episode in history of being like a Friday night, Saturday? Yes, because I am very
0: anti putting a podcast out on the weekend. I think yeah. putting up like putting a podcast out on the weekend is dumb. But this would this would be a must. We would have to do it so. Um, so hopefully it look, it goes out to Sunday to where people get depressed and then they are to totally bring us back in. All right, let's talk about the, this, the guys, the New York Giants have signed. And I bet you a lot of people are going to be listening to this, to this when Kenny Galladay has been signed. And let's start with Kyle Rudolph, Justin, the Giants signed Kyle Rudolph, six foot six, 265 pound, 31 year old tight end. Um, the contract is two years up to 14 mil. Um, unfortunately we haven't gotten the real, real details of that. Obviously it's going to be Incentive laden, you know, it's, it just will be, you know, it just will be, um, some raw numbers. Last year, he had 28 catches, 334 yards and a touchdown was split and reps with Irv Smith. 2019, 39 catches, 367 yards, six touchdowns. And then in 2018, 64 catches, 634 yards and four touchdowns. Justin, this is a good signing, but also a very, very confusing signing. Because it is tight end, and we have, like, we thought tight end was the one position that we weren't going to even look at once Levine Toilolo was restructured.
1: At least not until the draft, right? You know, obviously, that's that was the thought. You know, oh, Evan Ingram is on his fifth-year option. Do the Giants want to do something at tight end? um in the draft where you can possibly have a guy for four years and and at this four or five years where Pitts would be a five year option and then Fryermouth would possibly be a second round pick, right? So Kyle Rudolph <sighs> I don't want to immediately start talking about Evan Ingram because we kind of want to talk about Kyle Rudolph as a player. And, Bobby, I kind of want to let you do that. You did the film breakdown. But, you know, but here are just some things that I have. Um, 75%, 81%, 75% catch rate, respectively, the last three seasons. He's had four seasons of 90-plus targets. So, sure, he has taken a very sudden deep decline in in his ability as a receiver, but I still think he has a pretty good ability, you know, overall as a tight end. He averaged 12 yards per reception in 2020. Um, One drop in the last three seasons. I mean, I think that's the most kind of key thing here, you know, looking at the catch rate um, and then looking at one drop in the last three seasons. And that's going to be the thing that everybody's just going to go to because Evan Ingram is, you know, playing hot potato and volleyball, but putting the ball up in the air. 5.9 yards after the catch per reception in 2020 as well which you know does that tell me that maybe he's a little bit of you know check down guy and then he gets yards after the catch yes but that's also I mean that's that's not bad if you're if you're getting you know 12 that's yards been,
0: that's always been kind of who he is though too yeah. and they added Irv Smith uh you know they really got Irv Smith involved more this past
1: year yeah so I don't think it's a hot take and you let me know if I'm wrong Bobby and, I, and I'll let you kind of talk about him uh especially as a blocker you know maybe we'll start talking about him as a red zone target Because I think that's where he may be most valuable, and that's where he's going to bring the most value. Is it a hot take to say that Kyle Rudolph is the pure is the best pure tight end on the Giants roster right now? Like pure tight end, not talking about athlete, football player, pure tight end.
0: I think so, man. And and this, you know, we'll 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 do some separate Evan Ingram talk. But it's like, if Evan Ingram was picked in the fifth round, I don't think we'd be having this conversation. It's because Evan Ingram was picked in the first round, and he. He is kind of like really involved in, in the offense and stuff, um, but you mentioned like the the passing game. He's a solid receiver, nothing special, but he's gonna run his routes right. He's gonna smart like be smart, like you know we talked about the why I stick so much last offseason because of Jason Witten. He's gonna run that correctly. Um, talk red zone threat. Everybody says you know like any if if a guy's six foot three or taller, they're like oh guys a red zone threat, and it's like are they though? Like is Jeff Swaim a red zone threat? Is Evan Ingram a red zone threat? <laughs> like do you like I don't I don't view Evan Ingram as a red zone threat. No. Um, Kyle Rudolph is that he is the di- type of guy you're at the free yard line you throw the ball up high at the back of the end zone and he pulls it down, you know. And I broke down the film of that. Like he is a true red zone threat. And if you if you're struggling to think of times because you didn't watch a lot of Vikings games, think about that Saints playoff game in in 2019. Ah. He is a like he does that consistently. Um, so there you have that in the receiving game. But even under even underneath, he's solid. Like it's solid. And he's a good blocker. He's a good run blocker. It's not like George Kittle like blow you off the ball, like guy could be a freaking tackle blocker, but he's a good blocker, and that sets himself up for Yak. Because, you know, the Vikings would do all these, you know, outside zone play action stuff, and they're trusting his block, and he'd do a block and release, you'd be wide open be wide open and he have 12, you know, 10, 12 yards to run in front of him and good, good hands. One, one drop in the last three years. You shared that stat. I stole that from you. One drop in the last three years. That's crazy with a good catch radius. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I do think he, unless, you know, unless he's really falling off with age, I do think he's better than Evan Ingram.
1: Something that I found to be quite interesting. And I think I saw Nick Filato do this a little bit too. You might've done it in your film breakdown, but Jordan Ronan came on our podcast and said the Giants want to run an outside zone scheme, like he said it, and that kind yes. of that kind of shocked us uh, because they were so bad at it. <laughs> it's like they want to do it, and they were so bad at it. And if you really think about it, you know the personnel out there, the idealistic personnel is, you know, you have three wide receivers out there. So in this case, right now, it would be Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton. Let's say John Ross is the third one because Kenny Galladay is an official. And then Evan Ingram is your tight end, right? It's not idealistic to have Evan Ingram on the, the, the end of the line of scrimmage uh, blocking for outside zone plays with Saquon Barkley. No, That's you not can't do it. Ideal. You can't
0: do it with Evan Ingram.
1: But they did it in Minnesota. Like Dalvin Cook, Kevin Stefanski, you talked about that in your in your breakdown. And then also something that the Giants do very well is that counter play where basically you have – you know this is Caden Smith's main role, what he did – Caden Smith would, like, pull across the line of scrimmage. He would be a lead blocker. He would almost be, like, a fullback, except he would do it from, like, the tight end spot at the line of scrimmage, and he would come across the line of scrimmage, go across, you know, all the way through a hole, and take out a linebacker, take out whoever is, like, kind of in that hole in that spot. So Kyle Rudolph does that well, right?
0: Yeah, really well. Um, I think he's more of, like, a straight-up blocker, but like you said, he does that well. Now – I do think it's going to set up some outside zone for Saquon. Like I do think this is more of a Saquon hire than it is Daniel Jones hire, but that is, that even turns into Daniel Jones, where you run that outside, you set up that play action. Look what it did for Baker Mayfield. Look at Kirk Cousins. You know, when he, when that outside zone is working and the play action is working off of it, that's when Kirk Cousins is at his best. That's when the Vikings are at his best. So I don't want, I don't think that's Daniel Jones type, but it's, like, he's totally capable of that. Like, that that's basically as easy as a system to run, I think, in the NFL. Yeah, like, I think and- that's the easiest – if it works. If you can run outside like that and have teams where, like, hey, we got to get our linebackers out and going or we're going to give up 40, 50-yard gains in the run, that is a very easy system to run. Um, so, I would like to do that a little bit. I don't want that to turn it into our whole system. But anyways, long story short um, – I do think it'll help the running game. Um, and you could even do it with Evan Ingram on the field. You just have him at the backside tight end.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's actually get to Evan Ingram here. Because, Bobby, this is this is a decent... Well, let's just get to the tight end group as a whole. Yeah, this is a decent-sized
0: deal, Bobby. Well, let's talk about it. Kyle Rudolph just signed a contract that's two years up to 14 mil. Now, we don't know all the details, but this contract could end up being $7 million. Caden Smith played 50% of the snaps last year when he was active. You know, the one COVID game. He's on a rookie contract. I don't think they're going to cut him. Levine Toilolo, who played less than Caden Smith. So that means they think Levine Toilolo is not as good or important as Caden Smith. And Levine Toilolo is old. Caden Smith is young. So one is not going to get better. Caden Smith is going to get better. They restructured his contract with zero dead cap. And it's not like they went into free agency, like you know what? Let's let's go get a tight end. Like they knew what no, they were well, doing no. all along.
1: Wasn't there the there, the rumor? And this is not a rumor from an from an unverified account. This is a rumor that did come from you know Jordan Ron on the beat reporters that they Giants were in with Hunter Henry.
0: Yeah. So th- this was a plan. Like this wasn't just random. This was a plan. And so with that plan in mind, they restructured Le'Veon Toilolo's contract with zero dead cap. To add six, you know, and one, it's not even like he's taking the minimum. He's not taking the minimum. He's got he's getting paid one point six million dollars with six hundred fifty thousand guaranteed when none was guaranteed for this year. Right. They just should have cut him. So, and then now you have Evan Ingram who's on a six million dollar guaranteed deal. Now it's zero dead cap if they were to trade him. Supposedly that this this has no impact on Evan Ingram, but to me it's like, are they bluffing or what? Because it just it just would make sense to trade Evan Ingram now. He's on the last year of his deal. Are they going to bring him back? It's, you know, if you do trade him, it basically makes this, you know, this Kyle Rudolph contract free. If not, save a little money, you know, depending on on playing time and stuff. It would just make sense. I I I just feel like it would make sense. Evan Ingram was not good last year. I understand that, you know, the drops can't aren't going to be as bad, but they're still an issue. Like those aren't just going to magically go away with,
1: with Evan Ingram. In a bizarre world, I think I can see these two players together. Now, here's the ultimate reality, though. Here's the ultimate reality. I feel like every year we hype up a tight end, too. Every year. We hyped up Red Ellison. He wasn't that good of a player. I never hyped Who
0: hyped up Red Ellison? I did.
1: I did. Because I thought that he could be used as a fullback. I thought that he could be used this. You know, Pat pat connection with Pat Shermer. Blah, 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 blah. You know, we hyped up Caden Smith going into this year. Ooh, can can Caden Smith have like a Martellus Bennett type of year when he was number two with Jason Witten, and it was like, no, that clearly is not s- the case.
0: See, you're putting words in my mouth. I never no, said I'm, he's going to be Martellus Bennett, I'm but I'm I'm a me. big fan of Caden Smith still. Like, I I was I would have been fine going into this year with Caden
1: Smith as tight end one. No, but I'm saying we put these expectations on tight end twos like w- the performance that a tight end two can actually bring in terms of the box score, the statue, how many catches they bring in, how many yards they're bringing in. And when in reality, even though Caden Smith played 50% of the snaps, uh, I mean, if, why do I feel like his stat is line? Yeah. He's not like tight end two is not going to have a ton of stats. His, but his stat line was better in 2019 when he played just a few games. But I'm, what I'm saying is, even though I'm, I'm saying to myself right now, I can see in a bizarre world Rudolph and Ingram fitting together in some sort of idealistic world. I I don't think that's a reality, because are we really going to pay seven like, again, are we really going to pay like seven million dollars to your number two tight end? I don't really think you are. And Bobby, I did a little breakdown. I'm gonna I'm gonna be putting this on the socials today. I did a little breakdown of the snaps played by Evan Ingram, the first half of the season to the second half of the season, and then also where he lined up. Because I had a theory that Evan Ingram, towards the second half of the season, was lining up more out wide as a wide receiver in the slot or on the outside compared to the inside. And that theory was ultimately wrong. Now, the Giants did do a pretty solid job of bringing down his total snap share and his snap count as the year went on, which I proposed the Giants did that like week one. I, I was like why is it why is Evan Ingram going to be playing over 90% of the snaps when he's a liability in the run game and we have two capable backup tight ends that could be a strength in the run game and they were they they screwed themselves first half of the season. So first half of the season weeks 1 through 8 he played 85.8% of the snaps. And then weeks 9 through 17 he played 78% of the snaps. If you exclude week 11, he played 76.4% of the snaps and Week eleven was against Cincinnati, where he played ninety six percent of the snaps. So there was a point where basically three out of every you know one out of every four plays, Evan Ingram would not be on the football field. Now this is where I was wrong. Weeks one through eight, Evan Ingram on the offensive line in line had two hundred and twenty two total snaps. Out wide he had two, he had two hundred and ten. That's pretty even. Weeks one through eight. Weeks nine through seventeen, my theory was, oh, Evan Ingram started to be used in some different ways. I thought he was going to have more snaps out wide, or it was going to be maybe a lot more closer to what it was than definitely what it was. He actually had more inline snaps weeks nine through 17, 228 versus 222 weeks one through eight and out wide. It went down to 173. So he lost from the first half of the season to the second half of the season. He lost that's 27, 36, he lost 37 total snaps from the final eight games to the first eight games of lining of lining out out wide. So with that theory that I had of thinking Kyle Rudolph can be the tight end that lines up inside and then Evan Ingram can just be lining up wherever out wide, I don't think it's going to work based off of how they use them in the second half of the season.
0: Well, it it can work. Like it's not like a, oh a Kyle Rudolph and Evan Ingram don't work together. You can make it work. I know everyone's going to make the Gronk and Hernandez. Comparison to every tight end, where it's one big white guy and then one you know speedy, speedy guy. It's not the same. Evan Ingram's not as good as Hernandez, and Rudolph isn't as good as Gronk. So it's, no. it's it's you know it's I mean, neither are even even close to be honest. So I, I just don't see them being like we are gonna just pound two tight ends like uh like a two tight end system. And again, if Evan Ingram's the start, say Evan Ingram's a starter, are paying Rudolph this much money to? be the backup like that that's i don't i don't know maybe it's it really just it's so much incentive based that we're looking too much into this contract
1: and i'm not even critiquing it by the way i i, I don't i haven't really seen a lot of people critiquing it no again it's just it we're just question we're, we're questioning trying to figure
0: it. out how they're going to make this work with these right. four guys because it because if you would have said two weeks ago you'd be like oh just Kyle levon Torlolo, lolo zero dead cap but when they had they had getting a tight end in mind and they restructured it to put guaranteed money. And I just don't see them moving on from Caden Smith, who they played more than Levine Toilolo, who's on a rookie contract, and it, you know, doesn't save them any money. It just Try it's and- like who's are we gonna run four are we gonna have four tight ends? And if no. we are gonna have four tight ends, what was the the like the, the, why was there such a, like a emphasis to get, like make sure Levine Toy Lolo is still on the team. And we were hey we were both big, like not big fans, but fans of the Levine Tori restructure. Like it makes sense. They use him. Yeah. But now it's just like, I, I'm, 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 you know, it's not my job to fully know what they're going to do with, you know, how they're going to do this work, you know, but I, at this point I'm, I'm trying to figure out what they're going to do. And to me, it's like, I th- I would think that Ingram gets traded, and I wouldn't believe that he's not going to get traded
1: until the day after the draft. Giants only have six draft picks this year, Um, and for a team that is still kind of rebuilding, that's not great. Um, So if you get a third, fourth-round pick for Evan Ingram, you know that that could be their thought process. But also, you'd said something before where this Kyle Rudolph signing isn't necessarily for Daniel Jones. It's more or less for Saquon Barkley, and I, I mostly agree with that. But also, I hope the Giants are acknowledging the fact that Daniel Jones doesn't use the tight end in, like, the most dynamic way. And I, right? You know, because Daniel Jones uses the tight end as the check down guy. His eyes are going to work his way back down towards the line of scrimmage. And towards the line of scrimmage is going to be where that tight end is going to be. I feel like, you know, Evan Ingram's athleticism doesn't serve him... Totally, totally well to being the the check down option. You know, you that Evan Ingram is a guy that you want to get out in space. He's not the best of route runners, so you want to get him moving pre snap. You want to get momentum under Evan Ingram's you know footing before he gets the ball in his hands. And when he can do that, the yards after the catch is a very beautiful thing. See the week three of uh, the Tampa Bay game last year, right where you have that seventy five yard touchdown. That that was an example of that. When have so, we felt
0: the best about a Daniel Jones Evan Ingram connection? Evan Ingram on fades and go balls. Right. Those are like, oh, we're, we're, you're using e- Evan Ingram the right way. You know, because Jones, you know, he's a good touch thrower down the field. Ingram, you get him on a safety, linebacker, whatever, and he's he's going to beat that in a, in a straight line race. He's going to win that. And that's when we've seen like the, oh, wow, Jones and Ingram. But when it's when they're running wide sticks and stuff, that's when it's like, good Lord, this is just doesn't work. Whether it's Evan Ingram popping the ball up or Jones throwing it a little behind him. it's It just
1: hasn't worked that way. Right, and that's what we saw in that Cincinnati game. And why I thought, like, my theory was, oh, Evan Ingram took a lot more snaps out wide the second half of the season versus the first half of the season. It was because of that kind of moment where, I, you know, I remember Evan Ingram having his most successful moments when he was lining out out wide. Like, that's what I remembered. And that may be be true. He just didn't do it at such a high rate compared, compared to the first half of the season. So Bobby ultimately, you know, What we, what the Giants need to ask themselves is, is Evan Ingram worth keeping around when we're going to really lower his snap share and his snap count? That's what they're going to have to do. If they really want to make Kyle Rudolph kind of the number one tight end, they're going to have to limit Evan Ingram's snap share and his snap count. And especially if they bring on Kenny Galladay, Kenny Galladay is going to be that guy that's going to run those go routes, right? You have Kenny Galladay and Darius Slayton that can go deep down the field and just run mm-hmm. those streaks and then go up one and one. And again, Evan Ingram's not you like – You just
0: guaranteed Kenny Galladay's on the team. I like that.
1: No, but it, um, did I not say if?
0: Yeah, I, think but I, that, I, I know. But I just like – I like that I just accepted it. Like, yeah, Galladay's going to be the deep walker. I don't know. But, I was like – I didn't But if he,
1: So I'm saying, but if he is, then – you know, I feel like Evan Ingram would be the third best deep ball option on this team. I think Slayton would be better at going up one-on-one, getting those deep balls, and definitely Gallaudet Gall- is the best in the NFL doing it. So so Evan Ingram would be not only not the best tight end on the roster, he wouldn't even be the best deep ball option, go up and get it receiver, and he's not even that good of a route runner to begin with. So are we really talking about Evan Ingram on his fifth-year option severely limiting limiting his snap count. Therefore, if we try to trade him possibly in the middle of the year, uh, what value does he have if the Giants don't value him? It's, it's such a bad situation. Or do you play him for, again, 76% of the snaps, and then you're paying Kyle Rudolph $7 million to be a backup? Yeah. Interesting situation. It's and a good I know problem. we're going
0: to get the Joe Judge loves Evan Ingram comments, but think about if you're the head coach and the guy who's, kind despised by a lot of the fans and people ask about his struggles. What are you going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that guy feels loved by me. So I just don't buy into the, you know, the, Oh, I love Evan. Like, like I'm, I'm not saying he hates him, but I don't think it, it like those comments are to be like, Nope. See they they believe in Evan Ingram, you know? Um, you know, they, they said that they were, you know, they weren't planning on uh, moving on from Zeitler and they cut them like a day later. Yeah. Um, so I those that wouldn't be my lone evidence for them keeping Evan Ingram. I do feel bad for Evan Ingram though, dude. Like you saw, he turned his Instagram comments off. Oh, it's it's yeah. that sucks for him. If you do that and you're listening to us, don't uh, don't do that. That sucks. Like he'll post a picture and then people are like you suck. Catch the damn ball. Learn how to catch. You should be learning how. Like like those people suck.
1: Yeah, that is sucking.
0: I feel bad for him. I do yeah. feel bad for him at times. Because it's like, you know, it's not because, you know, if he was a bad attitude, low effort type no, of guy. he's a good guy. He's a great guy. Yeah. Like, it's just like, dude, if he caught the ball, he would be a fan favorite. And he just doesn't catch it. Yeah. Like, if he catches the if if he catches the ball
1: that hits his hands, he's a fan <laughs> favorite. Even if he just didn't catch it, but if it just went down on the ground and not up in the air. It would be less bad, <laughs> but it still would be bad. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man!
0: All oh, right, on. let's. Um, do you want to take m- a break? Um, no, not yet. We'll take not a break. Yet. Actually, you know what? Take a break. You know what? Actually, Justin, I think um, before we take a break,
1: you should read the ad. Well, that's that was kind of what I was insinuating. I do Do you wait? Fill actually, out actually a... no. Let's talk. Actually, can no, I read can the I ask, ad. Can I? I want to ask you a question. Do Do you fill out a bracket?
0: Yes, I I actually did mine um yesterday oh, while good. I was waiting
1: on Kenny Galladay news. Today was the first play-in day. I did not see a single result. I feel bad. The play-in day doesn't count. Doesn't count. Did Wichita, Wichita State win? I don't know. Oh, bad podcasting. I didn't bet on them, so. Well, guess what, Bobby Skinner? Who do you got winning the Natty? Um Gonzaga, I, I, Gonzaga um, I'm just a Jesuit Jesuit school fan, okay?
0: Gonzaga, who did I put in there? I had Oklahoma State in the finals
1: versus, I don't know. You read the ad, I'll figure out my bracket. I'm rooting for Georgetown, too. Jesuit school for the win. I love D.C. So, Bobby Skinner, guess what? March's biggest tournament is finally here. We do not know who will be cutting down the nets at the end, but we do know that there will be no shortage of madness. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new customers in the center of the action. Bet $4 on an underdog and win $256 if they win. It's that simple. Why 256 I struggle with that because it's such a weird number. I think they're only going to, I think as I'm reading the add i think it's only going to say 200 and then they throw me off with the 50 and then they add the 6 at the end it's tough turning $4 into $256 is 64 to 1 odds every dollar you bet could turn into $64 too many numbers drexel re- 1 re- replay it if you need to hear it excuse me
0: drexel 153 to 52 drexel
1: philly Pick one of the many select college basketball underdogs for your shot at winning $256. All it takes is a $4 bet. There's no way. There's no better way to put your college basketball knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry if college basketball isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on golf, hockey, and so much more. Knicks are back. They won. Good for them. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOHNBOY when you sign up. And uh, we turn four dollars into two hundred fifty-six dollars if the underdog of your choosing pulls off the upset. That's called John Boy to turn four dollars into two hundred fifty-six dollars for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be twenty-one years or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler or in Indiana one 9 with it. Ah.
0: My final four is Ohio State over Oklahoma State. Cool. And then Texas over Gonzaga. And Ohio State over Texas. I don't know enough about like the little games to just pick favorites. Because if I pick favorites, I'm gonna lose. So it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna go for the I want the gold. Um, I was like, okay, I'm gonna pick a I'm gonna pick a national championship that not everyone's gonna pick. You know, if I made Gonzaga if I pick Gonzaga over Baylor, would I? It's the best chance of me getting the most points for me, but it doesn't give me the best chance
1: of winning the bracket. Sure. Never done a bracket in my life. What? Never.
0: I just I just did a two that that what by me was you a don't, little too you dramatic.
1: Don't, you don't listen to 75% of the things I said, but it, and it that took you about five what, That was seconds just a, such
0: a very dramatic what for something that's like you didn't feel out a bracket. But that is weird that you don't do it.
1: I'm the type of person where I don't like to half ass things. You now if I'm gonna talk about something, if I'm gonna do something, I need to make sure like I'm in it and I'm doing it. And I don't follow college basketball, so I've never filled out a bracket. You're I weirdo. just like being different.
0: Yeah, you're a weirdo. All right, all right, Justin. Let's talk about somebody. Who are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about, and I learned how to pronounce this guy's name.
1: I'm never going to.
0: Ifiadi, Odin Igbo. Ifiati Od- Odin Igbo. We can just call him Odin for short. Um, I'm going
1: to call him Obi-Wan Kenobi.
0: That's going to annoy me. Um, I shouldn't have told you that uh, Odin he's six foot three 215 pounds 26 years old uh, in 2020 he had 35 tackles three and a half sacks three tackles for a loss on 65 percent of the snaps 2019 23 tackles seven sacks seven tackles for loss on 34 percent of the snaps so if you look at it at a hundred percent of the snaps over the like if you anyways he gets some sacks he gets some sacks yep. justin um I did my film breakdown on him. He's a good pass rusher. He's a he's a solid pass rusher. He's not he's not great. He's not going to blow you away, but he's a good pass rusher. And the thing that sticks out with him, he always keeps his feet moving. Like, there's some guys where it's like they do their move, it doesn't work, and they kind of just stand there and, and are, you know, holding an offensive lineman like a steering wheel. He never keeps those feet moving, and then he hits them with spins and counters, so that's how he gets sacks in the pass game. Run defense, he's not great, but he's not horrible. Like, he's not going to get blown up but for someone who plays what is more of a a defensive tackle like defensive end, you know, more of like a BJ Hill type defensive end, you would think he's better in the run game, but he's just he's not special in it, but he's a good situational pass rusher.
1: Bobby, he's 6'3" 258. You don't think they allow him to stand up on third down and and go after go Absolutely after the linebacker? Not. I mean, well, I mean, for all right. So, for example, I mean, Leonard Williams is a defensive end, defensive tackle, right? You play that type of role. You, they they do allow him to stand up sometimes, and well, yeah. But when I when you say stand
0: tackle. up, I think of in Patrick Graham's system, somebody who's going to, like, you don't know if he's going to drop back in coverage or rush the passer. With him, you always know he's coming.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and what I, you know, basically, I, you know, we spent the majority of the episode. Talking about Leonard Williams after he got his extension, talking about how important pressure is, and I would rather have a guy with maybe limited sack numbers, but if you get consistent pressure on the quarterback, that is more of a predictive indicator of if you are a good pass rusher, right? So um, Obi Wan Kenobi, his advanced game log on Pro Football Reference is pretty scary. It's pretty. It's pretty crazy. So six games with at least three pressures in 2020. And again, 65% of the snaps. Six games with at least three pressures. Five games with at least two pressures in 2019. And I will give you the final pressure numbers, maybe some of the more advanced numbers. 26 pressures in tw- in 2020. That's not bad. That, no. that's, I think that's... is. Would that not be second on the Giants in terms of their all of their pass rushers? Pretty sure it would. Pretty sure that would be literally second on the team. Um, quarterback uh, knockdowns, he had 11. Um, There was one game, I believe it was against the Titans, where he had like five quarterback knockdowns in one game. Um, That's the game that I watched, and I kind of clipped up um, uh, 12 QB hurries, and then in 2019, where he had more sacks, he had only 18 QB pressure. So even though he, again, he had less sacks in 2020, three and a half sacks, but I almost think, you know, his 2020 may be a little bit more impressive because he added on, actually, no, that's false. He had less snaps Less snaps in 2019, but more sacks. But, Bobby, I think this is, a again, a solid depth player that we got for very, very good value. And that's what we challenged the Giants to do heading into this free agency. We got mad at them day one because they didn't do it. But then this signing is probably the most impressive value signing I think they got since the John Ross signing.
0: Yeah, it's it's a, it's a good signing. But here, let's talk about, we talked about the tight end room being crowded. Leo and Dex obviously the top two guys. We will think BJ Hill third in line. Austin Johnson is the guy who plays nose tackle. We don't have Dalvin anymore. Dex is going to play some nose tackle snaps, but um, maybe they're planning on him to actually just turn into a nose tackle. Maybe maybe that is something they plan on having Dex do. We'll see. Um, Austin Johnson plays that nose tackle role. Um, Odin he can he can play some like he'll play some nose tackle reps, he'll play some three technique reps, but for the most part, Minnesota had him um you know playing on, on the tackle and then rj mcintosh i feel so bad for him he's like i, I swear he's the best sixth defensive tackle in the nfl um and it, and it ain't even close
1: um i feel so bad for you because people online that probably don't listen to this show you you tweet about him and they're like what the hell is wrong with you talking about this dude and if they don't listen to the show, then then you don't know. You don't know how like in, impressive this guy can be. So I do feel bad for you because then you get very hateful and mean comments because you like a player on the Giants.
0: 114 snaps in 2019. Two sacks, two tackles for a loss, two QB hits. Uh, for reference, Dalvin Thompson had 650 snaps. Dude, whenever he plays, he hmm. production. Look at him against hmm. college versus Quentin Nelson. Quentin Nelson is the best offensive lineman in the NFL. R.J. McIntosh may have looked better than him than anybody in the NFL has looked against Quentin Nelson. um, So it's, it's it's crazy. And they kept, and it's, it was, you know, remember the conspiracy theory I had in season that it's like the reason they keep him on the roster as a, as a healthy scratch every single game of the season is they know they're moving on from Dalvin and they like him. They want him to be the fifth defensive tackle. So when Dalvin left, I was like, they don't need to replace him. Okay. The replacements are in place and but they go out and get Odin and so now it's I don't know who I like better, him or BJ Hill. I I can't I it's 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 tough to tell right now. Uh I guess I would I would go I would give the edge to Odin cuz he has had the production.
1: I, I I would agree with that. Um but also besides his rookie year, has BJ BJ Hill has not been given the opportunity to really play at a consistent rate of even getting like over 50% of the snaps. No. So, this is such a you know, it's you know, it's crazy how oh, lo and behold, Lorenzo Carter started to click when he got over 90% of the snaps. Shocker. You know, when you give a guy snaps on the field and he's somewhat and he's somewhat talented, he's going to produce for you. Um it's not it's not a bad thing to have a rotation, but when evaluating players, it's always important, especially defensive players and it's such a production-driven position like edge rusher, it's important to look at the snap share, and it's important to look up uh, what they what they did within the opportunities that they were given. Um, like R.J. McIntosh. Like R.J. McIntosh. Boom. There you go. Um, good problem. I mean, we talked about a good problem, kind of, that the Giants have at the tight end room. Um, I think this is a little bit of a better problem because it's not like Evan Ingram... No, you don't have to... You rotate the, this position a little yeah, more. He's like a, he's like a little bit of a net negative... Um, where this this is purely a rotation. So, cool. Want to know a fun Kenobi. fact about Odin? Yeah. He has sacked
0: both New York Giants quarterbacks, Daniel Jones, and Daniel Jones' new backup, Mike Glennon. The Giants signed Mike Glennon. Maybe my best transition of all time. Oh, yeah. Before we get into who Glennon is, and you know, everyone's already got their kind of idea of who Glennon is, so we're not going to break down Glennon too much. This contract is beautiful. It's, yeah. This is this is a beautiful contract. It's one year, one point three five mil, and only four hundred twenty five thousand of it is guaranteed, and the rest is 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 playing time incentives. Really, really? That's an insane contract that that this guy got. Now I'll, let me double check because you just made like
1: you looked at me like I'm stupid. No, so. no, it, I I heard. I heard the base salary, I did not pay attention to what the guaranteed was because typically for backup quarterbacks, the base salary you would think is kind of what they want guarantee-wise because they know that they're not going to be playing the majority of the snaps. Maybe Mike Lennon's bank it on Daniel Jones getting hurt.
0: Yeah, a 425, yeah. shut up, $425,000, <laughs> additional yeah. 750000 available in playing time incentives. Sheesh. Which is, and, and Duggan points out, like Colt McCoy got uh, a million more than that last year. Like he like Colt McCoy was making um, like two mil
1: last year. And Mike Glennon is a better quarterback than Colt McCoy. Better right? arm
0: talent. Yeah. 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 You could. you
1: Yeah. I, I get. I, that's fair.
0: That's fair. I, th- I think there's kind of similar, but Glennon has the better arm talent. And let's, let's talk about Glennon is. Everyone knows him as a tall guy, long neck. I'm sure the long neck jokes get really annoying after a while, but you know what? you old long long neck ass it's your it's your first time with us um i posted that giraffe video, uh picture and I, that was kind of mean but it is what it is he's got arm talent you know like he can he can lace the ball downfield he has some like good ball placement it's inconsistent um he's not mobile at all so you know if, if jones goes down there goes the read options uh he's he's a good backup you know yeah the Chicago nope. Bears paid him a lot of money at one point, which was yeah. crazy, but it's like they they saw something in this guy to pay him that money.
1: It's crazy how he only started what it was his rookie year
0: with Tampa. With oh, Tampa. I loved him in Tampa. Like he was a he was a fun watch in Tampa. He was. When they when they moved on from Freeman cuz Greg Schiano just hated Josh Freeman and they <laughs> and they gave Glenn playing time and then the then the year they before they got Jameis, it was a mix of um Glennon and, and McCown.
1: There's no complaints on this. The crate. so here, here's the only fear I want Daniel Jones to be playing 16 games, but the only you know, the, here's the fear if Mike Glennon ever enters a football game. You know, I, I guess the benefit of Colt McCoy is he did a very good job of protecting the football. Um, and Mike Glennon in years, especially this year with Jacksonville. Um, interceptions were a little high.
0: Yeah, that's he's, he's gonna he's gonna take chances that Colt McCoy is not gonna take. But on the opposite side of that, you know, think about that Evan Ingram throw against Cleveland, where you have Evan Ingram for a touchdown. Um, Deion
1: Lewis on third down,
0: Colt McCoy can't get it there. You, you know, he can't get it there. Like he gets it behind and slow, and, and it's it's a it's a deflection on third down.
1: Right. Where Mike
0: Lennon, that's a touchdown with Mike Lennon. Um, and you know, there may have been other shots that Mike Glennon would take that a Colt McCoy won't take. So, um, you know, me and you have both been like, we don't need to spend a ton of money on our backup QB. We're not good enough to have, to have the luxury of a good backup QB. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think all fans should be thrilled with this and, and, and Mike Glennon can play and then to the, Oh, they should draft a backup QB in the sixth round. Mike Glennon is a success story for that guy, you know? So, like, if, if we were to draft some guy, you if he turned out to be, have a Mike Glennon career, you'd be like, "That's a success." If you draft yeah. a guy in the sixth round, so, uh, I mean, you can't be mad at this.
1: I can't believe how low the contract is.
0: I know it's insane. It's insane how low this contract is. I I feel like um the the Staples commercial. That's a low price. I want to yell it so bad, but I don't want to be
1: inconsiderate to like you know.
0: Wow, that's a low price.
1: Um, I be inconsiderate it. to me who has to edit that after the show um, have you ever done that in a store no not really <laughs> hmm. Um, hmm. when's the right. last time you've done it in a store feel like uh, it was recently
0: No. Um, wow that's a low price there's nothing that's cheap in the stores anymore alright uh, a goddamn economy in this economy um, <laughs> alright let's see uh, anything else you got on Glennon No, fun. All right, so the next signing and the last signing we're going to talk about on this episode, this one happened about an hour and a half before we're going to record. The Giants signed Reggie Ragland, 6'2", 252 pounds, 27 years old, Alabama guy. Spent a few years with the Chiefs and this past year with the Lions, signing him for uh, the minimum, so $987,000, the minimum. Uh, When you look at him, what do you think, Justin. When I look at him. When you look at him, you look at his numbers, you see a couple highlights, like what do you think Reggie Ragland's gonna be?
1: Better than Devontae
0: Downs. Well that true that. But oh, it's I like, thought that's, I thought people that's are like, Oh, we're this going. guy's probably like a run stuffer.
1: Like he's a run stuffer, probably not great in coverage. Six I mean, yeah, six to 252. That's a beefy boy.
0: So that that's what I went to into. I watched um one full game of film. I'll have a breakdown out soon. Um against Washington, I went in with those preconceived notions, and to me, it's the exact opposite. He is good in coverage. Like, he, he plays linebacker the way I like in coverage, where he turns his zone in the man coverage. Like, he plays aggressive. He doesn't just sit in the spot with his feet in the mud and let Roger receivers run in front of him behind him. He, he goes with guys. He takes chances, so I love that in his zone coverage. As a pass rusher, pretty, like, pretty good. You know, he hasn't had the sacks in his career, but, like, some pretty good moves as a pass rusher with speed. But I'll say now, maybe this was the one game, the outlier in all of this that I watched. In the run game, I'm not a big fan. He doesn't he doesn't do a good job getting over the top of blocks. Once he is engaged on a block, he doesn't get off of them, and he doesn't play it super aggressive. Um, so I don't I don't love him in the run game. But with the role the Giants are looking next to Blake Martinez, you know, and good coaching, that can change. Where it's like, hey, hit this gap and hit this gap fast, you know. So. Uh, this is one, this is a why not signing, but two, it's like, I, I do think he'll come in and, and compete with Tay Crowder
1: also salary less than a, than a million dollars. So again, another, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not always like the biggest on the money, but the money is important this off season with the limited cap space. And the fact that, you know, the giants are making all these moves with still the presumption that we're going to be getting Kenny Galladay. So, um, first of all, fun thing. Pro football reference, pro baseball reference, you know, the, 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 sports reference, uh, umbrella always loves to give strange nicknames to players that I'm definitely 100% sure nobody's ever called them in their entire life. Uh, Reggie Ragland, he has a nickname of General Ragland. General I am Ragland. 100% certain that zero people have called him that.
0: I saw that in my mentions, though, so maybe, maybe some people have
1: called him that. Well, it's because Pro football reference calls him that. Alabama they made connection. Um, so yeah, I I, I have you, thoughts. I have more thoughts. I have more thoughts about the value of the signing. Well, I was going to talk about the signing. I was going to talk about him too, but go ahead. Okay. So, because I I, I want to open the door for you. This is this is this is what we call in the podcast business. I just made up the term. Opening the door for your co-host that knows more than you, because then if you said something and then you asked me a question, I would have had to explain it. I don't know. So again, I'm looking at the snapshot. I'm looking at the snap counts. Um, 2020s played 50% of snaps. up was the highest in the screw. 2018 with Kansas City played 49%. So this is a guy that, you know, seemingly we're bringing in. And, you know, he's not a special He's not purely a special teamer. He's, frankly,. He's not even a special team player. Like, he he played his highest special team total in 2019 was with Kansas City. 36 special team snaps, 9% of the total special team snaps. So he's not even a special teams player. Like, he is a linebacker. So it's not like we're bringing in David Mayo and we're hoping he can transform into something substantial. And we're definitely not bringing in Devontae Downs, who is just slow, you know, slow and sluggish and can't do anything right, right? So this guy has experience at linebacker. Upgrade over David Mayo, Devontae Downs, would you say yes? Definitely over Devontae Downs. Do you consider him an upgrade over David Mayo? And yeah. I def <laughs> I definitely do I definitely do think that him and Tay Crowder can go well together because if they view Tay Crowder maybe not ready to take the full interior linebacker two job yet, especially with him playing in coverage, Tay Crowder can be aggressive, going crazy like a madman on first and second down, and then you bring this guy in on third down when you're not running with three safety sets. Thoughts? I give Crowder the reps
0: over him, but he is better than David Mayo. Anybody's better than Devontae Downs. Uh, I mean, I mean anybody.
1: Can we put that on a shirt? We can't put people's names on a shirt, but if we could. If
0: Devontae Downs is going to sue, I think he should spend his money better. Wow. Um. Yeah, so he, I I think Tay Crowder should play over him, but third, third inside linebacker? Good, just good stuff. Put him next to Blake Martinez. And speak of putting him next to, Matt Patricia is a moron. He's not a good defensive mind. So I was watching the film. You know Jamie Collins. Jamie Collins was a wish list for your free agency um, oh, yeah. last Doing year.
1: flips. Athletic freak.
0: Athletic freak. In fact, you know, it was kind of funny. He wore Collins wears 58 and Raglan wears 59. And I was watching. At first, I thought Collins was... Uh, Raglan was Collins. I was like, this guy's a freaking freak. <laughs> I was like, this guy got the minimum. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyways, Matt Patricia just had Jamie Collins just playing regular inside linebacker like Blake Martinez would. No. He's no. A, he, what a horrible coach Matt Patricia is. I know. And this, okay. So now we're talking about Kenny Galladay again, Albert Breer, who I do like Albert Breer. He's usually a pretty reasonable guy. He's like, don't expect Kenny Galladay. And, and the Giants to get something, you know, and basically being like, uh, because Matt Patricia, because Joe Judge and Matt Patricia were on the same coaching staff at one point. And then it's like, well, they're literally meeting. Like, they're putting a meeting. Like, Kenny Galladay wants to go to the Giants. You know, Kenny Galladay's putting everything off to get his chance with the Giants. um, And Albert Breer's like, but Joe Judge knows Matt Patricia. It's like, they're two opposite players. Have you One, have you listened to the two talk? Um, But Matt Patricia, man, what a... What a dummy he is, man! He may be the worst head coach in a, the last like, f- like in, in so in
1: some time. We talk about Joe Judge being a people person. It was clear that uh, Matt Patricia was not a people person, very clear.
0: No, ho- horrible. And also, you know, we got somebody came at me, and it was it was a good you know a, a listener who's a, who's is a good friendly friend of the show because I said like Matthew Stafford gets way overhyped than what he is. As I've been going through Kenny Galladay stuff it just rings even more true. Stafford misses dudes all the time and he makes boneheaded throws all the time. Matt Stafford is not some like great quarterback. He's good. He's an above average quarterback, but this idea that like he's going to like he's a hall of fame quarterback that Detroit has just totally ruined his career, it's uh it's not true. Like Matt, Matt Stafford yeah. has a lot of flaws.
1: <sighs> Bobby, we better get him. We have to. 74%. I'm 74% certain. Uh, people are projecting... people percent People, people oh, 77%, the final answer. People are saying, um, many people, all the good people, Friday afternoon. If it's going to happen, it's going to be Friday afternoon. Yeah.
0: So make sure you listen to this episode before. I know you're listening to the very end, so it doesn't matter when I say this. But make sure you're listening to it before.
1: Make sure you go back in time and listen to it before the announcement. Yes, of course. All right, Justin, do you have anything else? No, this was a, This was fun. I thought this was a good episode. Um, I'm going to ask for it again. I know we asked for it like last episode. Um, I kind of want to get to 600. We're close to 600 ratings on the Apple Podcast app. We've been grinding all week. Uh, the best, le- like legitimately, like, you know, we, we, we plug the Patreon, you know, whenever whenever we have new people and, you know, almost every episode. So thank you for doing that. But, you know, if you can't give to that or if you don't want to give to that, you know, the best way you can support us is leaving a five-star rating and, and review on the Apple Podcast app. So we've been grinding all week. It's been a lot of fun waiting for this news. Um, reacting to the little signings and everything like that, while we've been waiting for the big news. Um, so keep it locked in. You know we're we're gonna get into April. It's gonna be draft month soon, and we're gonna get locked into that. So it's not gonna stop. That's why I love the NFL.
0: And you gotta, get, you guys gotta get me the ten thousand, um, on Twitter so I can shove it right in on those baseball douchebags faces at John Boy Media. Like, oh, race to ten thousand. Big baby David, Ashlyn, Keith. They've been making, they have been, been ones who get such to talked about. Guess what? Your boy's gonna win because I freaking kick ass. That's what I freaking do. So make sure get me the ten thousand. I'm like I'm like a like hundred a hundred away. Get me there so I could just rub it in all those baseball
1: losers' faces. And they've been plugging it. They've been like posting. So they've been They've big been, baby s- david
0: Ooh, i'm in leggings how, how oh, i'm quirky and that gets prom- how about how about bobby doing a freaking potato launcher on the weekend can we can we talk about that i feel like that's a little more engaging than big baby david's ooh dead leggings and i know you're listening right now big baby david, david this is war yeah i'm i'm a 100
1: away from the home stretch i'm coming at you guys now we've been, been we've been humble we we haven't said i've been the most about- humble we haven't said a peep about race to ten k. I asked politely today if they can update it since I went up to five point five from five point four. Big day, big accomplishment. Um, so yeah, Suck we love it, you guys. Baseball.
0: Suck it! All right, appreciate you guys. We'll see you. I hope we have our first ever weekend podcast. I really do. I really do. We appreciate four you guys. episodes in one week. Hell yeah, <laughs> brother! Hell yeah, brother! All right. We appreciate you guys. See you on the next one. Until then, let's go big blue.